Welcome to another episode of The Awakened Soul Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only CEO Hayes. You can follow me at CEO Hayes, that's C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow the podcast at The Awakened Soul Pod. And also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. This week's episode is going to be a fairly short one. We do have the end of Mana Hay segment where I'll be discussing the most recent police shooting, um, which if you guys have been listening, I'm sure you guys expected me to talk about that. We also have the debut of a new segment called The Rundown, featuring my good friend JB. Also, I have another uh, segment featuring me and JB together um, where we'll be discussing... You know what? I'll leave that one as a teaser. You guys uh, may be surprised by that one. There's actually an announcement in there as well. So um, that's what we have for this week's show. After the segment with JB, I will be coming back on uh, to go over just something that's been on my mind, um, which doesn't fit in the end of mine. Hey, something. But again, fairly short episode this week. Just honestly, it's been a hectic time. There's been a lot going on um, between family, work, business. Like it's just. It's been a very crazy week, and that's kind of why I want to talk to you guys about self-care towards the end of this episode. So we're going to go ahead and get into our lovely intro, and I'll catch you guys on the other side of that for the End of Mine Hay segment. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. Texas, where Atiana Jefferson was in her home and was shot and killed by police officers who were responding to a non-emergency call that they got about the doors being open and lights on in the home. And so the police officer apparently veering through the window, saw someone there, quote unquote, perceived it as a threat, shot one shot and then killed the woman. Cops later, uh, they released the body cam footage. They also released that a gun was found in the house. Nothing saying that she was holding a gun. Where was the fucking perceived threat in this? And I try not to get too fired up with this, um, with things like this until like all the details come out. But at the same time, we just came off the Botham Jean case. We just came off of it. While that, that situation was different, it was still ended up with someone losing their life being in their own home. And so when you say that there's a perceived threat, and that's kind of what I want to get into with this. If there's a perceived threat, at what point, like what 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 determines a threat being perceived? Because if you're shining a light into my house and I'm in my house chilling and I notice someone shining a light through my window, fuck it, I perceive a threat at that point. There that you didn't identify yourself as an officer, you didn't say that you seen you saw a gun, you didn't give her time to react even if you did think you saw a weapon what in the fuck was the threat here 
And then when we go around and we distrust police officers, police officers are supposed to be the ones that we feel safe. Police officers are supposed to be the ones that we call to, to secure and de-escalate situations if need be. But in a situation like this, I'm looking at this shit and I'm just like, what the fuck? And what makes this even worse is that her eight-year-old nephew was reportedly in the room with her when she was shot. At 2.30 a.m., this happens. The loss of life is getting fucking ridiculous. Why can't we make the, make it better? Why can't we end this shit? Like, I, I get it. But it's case after case after case. And it's like right when we are getting down and trying to calm down off another one with the Botham gene, we get we almost immediately we get another situation in this. And of course, the 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 city of Fort Worth and there's outrage over this. Who wouldn't be? And and her eight year old nephew is forever going to have that memory in his mind that he saw his aunt get shot and killed by the police. And then we wonder why a distrust of police is kind of ingrained in us. Now, imagine how he's going to feel going forward. When police officers are called, do you think his first instinct is going to be to trust the police? No, it's not. Now, the Fort Worth Police Department did release some of the body cam footage to, to try to appear transparent. And the police officer has been put on administrative leave. But in my in my opinion, and I may just be flying off the handle with this, what really how, how much how much investigation needs to be done? You have the fucking body cam footage and you have people saying that this is outright murder that that's how it should be filed i'm not an attorney I'm, sh I'm i'm sure over at black law and legal lies they will get to this eventually and they will talk about it because i would love to hear how this works as far as from a legal standpoint so like and then in in this in this body cam footage um they they the police show up they walk around the house they start looking through the windows the police officer already has his weapon drawn he does say put your hands up show me your hands and then fires through the window. But it was so quick. Like you didn't identify yourself as a police officer, which I believe is required. Again, Dan, check me on the fact. Check me on this one. Um, so for you to say, like, again, for you to say you perceive it as a threat, motherfucker, you're a threat. You're shining a fucking light in my house. And to my knowledge, I'm minding my own goddamn business, putting playing video games with my nephew. Who who do you think? was the one who, who who had the right to perceive a threat at that point. You have a gun. You, you, you already are coming into a situation not knowing what's going on. You should have your guard up not knowing what may be happening. But, but who really gets to perceive a threat in a situation like this? I fucking hope that they sue the shit out of this police department. I hope this officer is fired and charged with at least fucking manslaughter, if nothing else. Something needs to fucking happen. And we got we, we can't keep going quiet on this. And then like this, the tensions in this country are already high. They're already high as shit. We're already on alert for more situations and instances like this. And then you get shit like this. And I'm sorry. I know I'm getting fired up. I know I'm getting worked up. But I'm tired of people losing their lives over stupid and silly shit by the same people who are supposed to be protecting us. And if I if I don't have a right to get pissed off about that, fuck you if you feel that way. Again, this isn't an all-out assault or verbal lashing at all police officers because that's that's there are some great police officers out there. I'm not saying that at all. But when situations like this happen, more answers and swifter judgment, swifter judgment, uh, swifter investigation, and everything needs to happen because this shit is disheartening. This shit is sad. This woman lost her life. We've gone. We're going through enough shit as it is. I'm tired of seeing people lose their lives. I'm tired of it.
We'll keep reporting on it. We'll keep everybody in this family in our prayers. As more details come out, you already know it's going to be more and more and more come out. But this is this city's ninth police-involved shooting of the year. Fort Worth, Texas, their ninth police shooting this year. And that's just there. Come on, people. We got to do better, man. We got to do better. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to try to calm down because I we, we, we have the rundown coming up, which is a new segment. It's actually supposed to be a a more laid back, uh, chill segment. So uh, there's going to be a change in tone here. Um, so we're just going to go ahead. We're going to take a brief break. You're going to hear from one of the Breaks Media podcasts, and then you're going to hear the new segment called The Rundown. I'm sorry that I'm starting this podcast off so fired up. We're going to try to bring the energy back to a more positive place, and I'll catch you guys on the other side of The Rundown. What's up, everybody? This is Dan, a.k.a. Dan on Drugs. And I am Afro Becky, a.k.a. Afro Becky. And we are the Black Law and Legal Lies podcast. podcast, a weekly legal podcast for the culture. Each week, we have conversations with our co-host, Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal and our lovely, esteemed moderator, Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature, and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. Hey! What? Sometimes people do like the opposites. What is going on, Woke Souls? It is your boy, the Prodigal One, JP, here with the premiere, the inaugural, the debut episode of what I'll be calling The Rundown. Here on The Rundown segment, I'll be picking one or two news topics each and every week and dissecting, bisecting, analyzing, and a whole bunch of other ings. I'm going to be talking about the hard-hitting, trending, hot topics. So CNN, move over. Fox, get out the way. MSNBC, I can't see you. Noticias on Telemundo? No gracias. It's all about the rundown. So let's go ahead and get into it. I have my trusty book of news here. So let me flip through the pages and pick one of these bad boys out for you. Let's see. Hmm. Trump impeachment? No. Ukraine gate? CEO Hayes temporarily crashes internet after new sweatpants pick leaks. Ah. ah, got it. Got it, got it. I got it for you, ladies and gents. Texas man robs bank to pay for wedding ring. Now, ain't this some shit? A Texas man is accused of robbing a bank because he couldn't pay for his wedding. Heath Bumpus turned himself in. About two hours after he robbed the Citizen State Bank in Groveton, Texas. And it's a day before he was set to get married, according to Trinity County Sheriff Woody Wallace. Now, ladies, what the hell are you doing to my dudes? I mean, let's give some background info here. This Heath guy has been out of a job for nine months. Nine. Not only does he have to pay for the venue and some decor, but also he happens to have to pay for a $3,200 ring his fiance wanted. What the hell? I mean, bruh, if you can't afford the damn ring, you better hit up JCPenney and check out the cubic zirconi display case. I mean, what kind of bridezilla was this man's fiancé to want that kind of ring 
when this dude has been unemployed for the better part of a year. I mean, ladies, listening, listen, listen. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. This is not a bash, a bash session to all the ladies out there. That's that's not what I'm trying to do. But for this particular story, I gotta say, come on now. I mean, understand. I understand completely. Women nag, complain, yell. Don't get me wrong, guys do that too. But for the most part, women nag, complain, yell, and all of that. But this dude literally risked his freedom and life just to please his fiance. Again, don't get me wrong. Personally, I think this guy is a moron. But that's besides the point. To make matters worse, he happened to pick the bank that was all of 500 feet away from the sheriff's office. 500 feet. I mean, you might as well have asked them to escort you during the robbery, bro. I mean, he was lucky he got away. And he did get away for a little bit. The sheriff's office actually later released still images on Facebook in hopes someone would come forward as to who this bank robber was. Luckily, it worked. It actually worked. Someone noticed the man and actually took the time out to call him, call this man and let him know, hey, what you're doing is wrong, and actually convinced him to turn himself in. So who was this great citizen doing doing good work out here, making this, this criminal turn himself in? Who was this citizen? His own fiance. How the hell is that for irony? So now instead of this man exchanging I do's and going on his honeymoon and making memories with his wife, he's now Bubba's bride in jail. Let me not forget to mention his bond has been set at $300,000 and we all know there's no way in hell he's affording that bail. Now, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, it could actually, you know, it could really be that this guy just said, you know what? Screw it. I ain't about to get married. Let me just rob this bank right here and poof, wedding canceled. Plot twist. What do y'all think? Let me know what you guys think of the situation. And also, just let me know. What do you think about this dude? Was he romantic and going to extra lengths to get his fiance the ring of her dreams? Or was he just a straight idiot for doing all this? You could tweet the show at Awakened Soul Pod. That's at A-W-A-K-E-N-E-D-S-O-U-L-P-O-D. At Awakened Soul Pod on Twitter, of course. And don't forget to put hashtag T-A-S Rundown. Let us know what you think of this situation. Also, if you have any news topics you'd like to hear me discuss, please hit me up directly on Twitter. I'm at the P1JB. That's at T-H-E-P-1JB. That's going to go ahead and wrap this one up. This is JB with the rundown. Guys, thank you so much. I'll catch you next week. And back to the main man, CEO Hayes. Peace. That was the prodigal one JB himself. It's good to see my brother back in podcasting. Um, as that segment continues to develop and turns into what it's ultimately going to be, I look forward to seeing that journey. Um, but next up, we do have something special coming with an announcement at the end. Um, it's actually me and JB together. So I'm going to go ahead. We're going to get into that. And uh, I'll catch you guys after that. you guys will catch on eventually but so i guess we i guess we should start with like 
Breaking Bad and how it ended. I personally, in my opinion, Breaking Bad is my favorite show of all time. It, it's it's high above. It's pretty much that. Then Sopranos, Supernatural. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Lost. Everything but the last season of Lost. Um, that's it. I didn't prepare for this, so I'm sure I'll come up with some other ones. What about you? So um, Lost, yeah, Lost. I enjoyed Lost the first couple seasons. That's like definitely top six for me. However, um, I always fight myself between Sopranos and between Breaking Bad. I think at the end of the day, I have to go with Sopranos as number one, only because I'm a huge Mafia fan. But Breaking Bad, I absolutely loved. And holy crap, the show was just an emotional roller coaster. Um, I, I start, you know, when the show started, obviously you're kind of gravitating towards Walt. He's the lovable nerd and he's sick and you want to, you're pulling for him. But at some point, and I would probably have to say maybe beginning of season four after, you know, they kill Gus, spoiler alert, after they kill Gus, I kind of started gravitating more towards Jesse and like kind of sympathizing and empathizing with Jesse. Like, like what is Walt doing to this kid this poor kid and at the end of the show I was just all in on Jesse and like fuck Walt and so when you think about when you really think about the whole like timeline of events like yeah Jesse was already selling drugs but he was really just trying to get by and when you look at the whole like the track he has to be one of the most tragic characters in all of like TV ever yeah absolutely agree with you Absolutely. But it's so um, I'm so glad that they did this movie because, number one, it shows the depth of not only Jesse Pinkman, but the actor, Aaron Paul. He's I mean, a, a great at least. In, in this, I have seen him in other stuff. I know he's going to be in the new season of Westworld, which I'm excited right. to see what he does. But like nothing in movies or anything. I He's. This role is like just perfect for him. It brings out the best in him. But but go ahead. I'm sorry, I cut you off there. No, 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 not at all. But um, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm glad that they came out with it. And like you said, um, you saw you kind of seen the growth from season to season to season. We're gonna get into El Camino a little bit, and I'm gonna tell you the point where there was a point where I'm like, this is not Jesse Pinkman the kid anymore. This is like Jesse Pinkman the man because there was a specific scene in this movie that I was like, yo, you know, Je- Jesse, Jesse's the shit, right? Well, we'll get into all that, but yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, he he he. There's he went through so much. He lost his girlfriend, the first one by OD. Twice. Yeah, that that Walt, and then the second one, he saw her shot in front of him. Like it's so, it yeah. He he's he's lost so much. Didn't didn't a kid die too? Like it, he's yeah. been through some shit. So um, but when they like, I remember when I first started hearing about a Breaking Bad movie being filmed. This this was like filmed in secret. So it was like, oh, there's a reported Breaking Bad movie being filmed. Nobody knew any details, nothing. This was like one of the few movies that set leaks never never came out or anything like that. And then the title was announced, El Camino. And still no details. It was like it was like three or four months before they finally confirmed it was about Jesse Pinkman. Me personally, I didn't remember that he drove. I mean, I'm not thinking about the car he drove off in at the in the finale, but he drove off in exactly. El Camino, so it makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's just and it's funny because I have I have my critiques and we'll get into what I didn't like about the movie. But with that being said, it um it really felt like you jumped right back in. Some of the characters looked a lot different. And we'll talk about oh. that too. Cause like uh Todd Skinny Pete. Yeah, oh skinny. Yeah, skinny Pete isn't too skinny anymore. But um it's 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 just I don't know. Vince what what's his what's Gilliam? Yeah, I think it's Vince Gilliam, I believe Gilliam? so, yeah. He is such a great writer and i think 
he really gets these characters even better call Sal like he really gets into the psyche of the characters that he writes for and that's what makes them so lovable is that they're just not surface nobody on this show is really surface level even someone is as crazy as as Todd like you start like even in this movie you you learn more about him and it's funny how that adds to what we saw five years ago in the season finale it was it was great writing all the way around Wow, the show ended five years ago? Six, actually. That is six years ago. 2013. That is some yeah. crazy shit right there. Wow. Yeah, that's that's definitely crazy. But again, I'm so glad that they, they gave it a, you know, they brought it back. And I think they were asking, I'm not sure if it was Vince Gillian or they were asking Aaron Paul, will there be a sequel to this movie? Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, like he's done, which I think is fitting. I think the way it ends, which again, we'll get into, was perfect. Yeah, yeah. And so, okay. We talked about Breaking Bad. It ranks high for us. The finale of Breaking Bad. Let's kind of start there. So the finale of Breaking Bad ends with Walt coming in, saving Jesse, so to say, getting revenge. He had that badass machine gun, which was just great. Yes. Um, What did you think about the finale of Breaking Bad? Because some people have problems with it. I personally think it was perfect. I I wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, The ending was done perfectly. The the, the, uh, scene you're talking about where he goes to save Jesse from the Brotherhood with the machine gun, that was all excellent. Um, As everyone knows, he got the ricochet, so he got the gunshot. Then at the end, you know, him and Jesse square off, and he basically gives Jesse the gun. He's like, yo, basically finish me off. That's what I want. And Jesse, for like pretty much the first time, actually says like no i'm not listening to you no i'm not going to do what you tell me to do and he just puts the gun down and walks away and you know you see him driving off and that's where el camino takes off but the ending though was at least for me was something that was kind of up in the air because i saw so many videos and articles where there were like theories where is walt actually dead because I kept back. I kept back and watching it. Like back then, like you see Walt passed out, but then at the same time, you see Walt kind of move a little bit, and then that's when you see the cops move in. So did they save him? Did they revive him? Mm-hmm. So I was interested to see. And Vince Gillian at no point ever said he's dead or he's alive. He never released that until a, a, a day a or two days after ago, this yeah. came out. Right. Exactly. And even then, I still yes, he said that that Walt's actually dead. And uh, even in, in the movie, like you hear things in the background, like nine bodies were found and, you know, nine bodies that it was nine people, including Walt. But I still think if if they ever decide to do it, there's a way that they can act as bring a Walt. Back. Yeah, they, they can bring Walt back. I say yes, depending on how far along in, into the years they go. Because remember, at the end of the day, he also has terminal cancer. That is true. So so depending on how far they go, then yes. I mean, like if they really want to, when Jesse ends up to where he's ending up, he could open the door and Walt is like, hey, what's good? You want to cook? Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, Breaking Bad finale was one of the better ones, and so it's a better, it's a great jumping place to get into. Like this movie literally picks up right afterwards, and what I will say that what they did with Jesse is that it's it they did his makeup almost exactly like they did, and like it didn't look like much transition happened. And in that scene where he's going away with the car, and he stops, and he pulls over, and he like. This whole first 30 minutes, you, you you get an idea that he was truly traumatized. And I love the way that they conveyed that with the film, like him him taking the shower, him cutting his hair like, oh, when he fell asleep and Skinny Pete and them came in the room and he just immediately popped up and pointed the gun at them and didn't he didn't know where he was for a second. And so, again, it's Vince Gillian's great writing, but um, it just I don't know. The opening of this really put me back in that place. Like the only thing I wish it would have did 
would start off with the Breaking Bad theme. I don't know why. Just it, if it would have started off with that for for me, it would have been a little bit better. But other than that, it was it was a great like first 30, 40 minutes, just a, a wild ride. Two hour long movie. The first 30 minutes, you're just really getting the idea of of getting back into that world. And I think they they get they bring you in very, very well. Yeah, I think you you put it perfectly. Like, I mean, the first 30 minutes, if I had to pick two words to describe it for me was straight up the feels because it was, you know, I, I was immersed in Jesse and I felt so bad from him and everything he went through. And it showed that, you know he was traumatized from like when he's taking the shower and even like you said, he was laying down and remember when he was in the cage, yeah. but it was actually, you know, he was actually just staring at the, the smoke alarm and then he started freaking out. So it was, the, you know, it was the beginning of the movie was done beautifully. And it's crazy. You said like, Oh, the movie, I believe if I'm not mistaken was two hour and two minutes. The, the original cut is actually three hours. They did an interview with um, Aaron Paul and the movie is actually three hours, but you know, almost an hour got cut, you know, on the uh, cutting room floor. But I'm sure at some point, I don't know when, we'll probably see some deleted scenes. But yeah, the movie was originally three hours. And actually, the first title they gave it, and I'm not really sure why, you may be able to know, but it was called Greenbrier. Not really sure where that comes from. Wow. Yeah. Um, I think that, I'm trying to think of a three-hour cut. Like, I could, I can see where it easily would have went into. Like, the whole promo scene, the original trailer was Skinny Pete talking to the cops who never got that scene in this movie. Yes. So, like, exactly. I, I, I imagine there's scenes there with, like, them leading the cops off. Maybe there was a chase there or whatever, an interrogation. There's there's a lot. This movie was really, really dense. Um, but yeah, so I agree with you there. I know you always come with the facts. What else you got? Um, so as we go that well, I don't know if you want how if you want to skip around or whatever, but there's something that I'm ninety nine percent positive you did know, and this has absolutely nothing to do with breaking bad, but it has to do not the breaking bad um canon if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to fast forward a second. You remember the scene with, um, I forgot the name of Robert Forster's character, but the guy who makes everyone disappear, the yeah. vacuum scene. Yeah. There was an African-American um, woman in there trying to buy, um, get her vacuum fixed, correct? Uh-huh. Who is that woman? I don't know. Am I supposed to know who that was? Damn, you're right. You're supposed to know who that is. Ooh. Florence from the Jeffersons. Was it? I got to go back and watch it. <laughs> yeah, bro. Marla Gibbs. She was the, the least person I'm paying attention to in that scene. And by the way, the, the fixer, just passed away yesterday, so rest in peace to him. Yeah, uh, yeah, rest in peace to him. Yeah. Um, actually, I don't think he, he passed away. I think on Friday, the day was released. Was it? Oh, yeah, okay. I'm 99% positive. He had brain, uh, I believe he had brain cancer, which is pretty sad, but yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, that's wild. Yeah, I didn't I didn't pay attention to that. I'm have to Marla Gibbs, yeah. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so when, when, okay, so as we get into this movie, and we get the whole flashback, like, I don't want to call it a mission, but scenario in which Todd takes Jesse out. Jesse thinks he's just going to help him move some stuff. There's a dead body. He finds the the, the cash. Like it's we. There's always been flashbacks. Like Vince Gilligan, Gillian does not tell a linear linear story at all. We're always flashing back or flashing forward. Um, but the way that he used it to like tell the story of like why Jesse would come there and how he knows these things. It just I don't know Vince Vince. I'm going to say this again, and I'm, I'm going to try to stop saying it. Is a great, great writer. He's just amazing. Um, what was your favorite part of, like, this movie overall? Like, what was the scene that you were just like, all right, this this made the movie worth it? Um, people might disagree with me, but I have to say the scene when he goes to uh, Candy Welding, I think the place is called. That whole scene, when he, come, when he goes to the welding place to go get back 
get the eighteen hundred dollars from from the two guys who uh, he split the money with. Okay. That entire scene from beginning to end, I enjoyed that scene, and also that's the scene I was talking about earlier when I said, "Hey, this is the point where Jesse's like a badass. Mm-hmm. It's not Jesse the kid anymore. It's like Jesse the man, and he's doing his thing without Walt, because usually Walt was always by him and always." getting him out of his messes but this is now him getting himself out of his uh, out of that mess and um yeah that was that was the point for me what about you what was your favorite point in the movie i love i love that scene that scene is the most that it reminded me of walt um because he came in prepared he thought it through i wouldn't say that was my favorite scene though my favorite scene just because of it tells you how this kid like jesse was always a kid who always had spunk you you know he always threw in the bitch or whatever but to see him broken was the scene with todd which he goes in the car and he finds the gun and uh, he can oh, yeah. and he could shoot Todd and get the fuck away. But just through whatever trauma he's been through, a mix of fear and whatever else, he gives Todd the gun back and then Todd kind of embraces him and says, Look at the sunset. Like it's it's such a it's a weird moment because this guy who's been tormenting you and is and basically is the reason why you're kidnapped and you're in the situation you are. He does show Jesse some mercy in that sense, and and you get the feeling that Todd likes Jesse, like he looks up to him, and he and it's just it's just such a fucked up scene mentally when you think about it. I would go as far as to say though that's probably top three in Aaron Paul's acting in this entire series from the Breaking Bad show to the movie. That scene was one of his strongest scenes, and me too. I'm like. Just shoot him, bro. You can shoot him anytime you want. Obviously, we know he's not going to shoot him, but I'm like, just shoot him. And the fact that that, that Todd says, what kind of pizza do you want? Yeah. And that literally something that small just breaks him. He's like pepperoni and starts crying. But it was such a beautiful piece of acting, though. And, and the funny thing is, is that um, Aaron Paul doesn't say much of anything in that scene. It's all through his body language and his facial, facial expressions. And he gets so much across without that being said and again like that's one of the things like in watching if you only watch Aaron Paul acting in Breaking Bad and this film you would think that this dude has such a bright future ahead of him and the fact that he hasn't been able to really crack outside of this is just wild to me because in watching him do this he's just he's a great actor his body language the facial expressions he gets so much across and he probably only said maybe less than 10 words in that scene. Yeah, and I mean, outside of like Need for Speed, and I think there was one or two others that I can remember, that's all he's done. But I'm telling you right now, mark my words, after this movie, his agent will be getting calls. I promise you, he's going to get roles because this this job he did in this movie, again, like I said, showed his depth. It shows his range, what he's capable of. It's not just the the one-liners, yeah, bitch. No, he's way more than that. He's grown as an actor. So I think he's definitely going to be getting calls. The thing is, the, the, the sad thing is, when you do roles like this, like big roles like this, you're pigeonholed forever. Um, and it sucks because, yes, you, this is your claim to fame, but at the same time, it, it gets you in this box. But I truly believe that Aaron Paul will break out of the, break out of this kind of shell and this this – this thing of just being, you know, Jesse Pinkman. And I hope at least, you know, he, we get to see one of the roles because, he, you know, he's he's definitely one for the future, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how old he is. I mean, I can't imagine he's anything more than his mid-30s. Um, but he's, he still could have a lot of acting ahead of him. So hopefully this does give it to him. And what's funny about the Jesse wow, character. Wow, bro. What? So I assumed, Jesus Christ, I assumed he's about 33 years old. Uh-huh. He, he's 40. Aaron Paul's 40 years old? August twenty seventh, nineteen seventy nine. Oh wow, wow! I wouldn't have guessed that at Me all. Me neither. 
um, either. But Jesse was originally supposed to die in the finale of season one. Really? He was supposed to die in the, the Vince Gillian has said that he was supposed to die in the finale of season one. And they called an audible about midway through the season, I believe, once they realized how good of an actor he was. There is no way in hell this show would be this successful without Aaron Paul. Oh, no. No way. No way. I, no honestly, way. if they would have got, gotten rid of Aaron Paul that early on, I don't think the show would have went five seasons. Three tops. Because, yes. like, the whole, that show became about the whole dynamic between Walt and Jesse. They had their great moments together. It, it became about, I feel like the first part of that show, the series, was all about them building connection and getting on even ground. Then it, on the flip side of that, towards the second half of the series, it was all about how that relationship dissolved into these two men hating each other. It was just such a, a great story to tell between two people who at one point genuinely cared about each other. Like the whole, yeah. when, when Walt let, I forgot, uh, was it Wendy? Was that her name? Who, his wife? No, Jessica Jones. Uh, the, uh, the girlfriend, Jane. Jane. J okay, yeah, Jane. When he let her die, it was only because he was worried about how she was affecting Jesse. He actually Correct. cared. So, like it, it, that the whole show. And I know this isn't a Breaking Bad review, but I think that, that that when you look at what that show was overall about, it was about Walt Breaking Bad, but it was also the telling the story of how love can turn into hate very easily. So as you guys can tell, it kind of stopped a little abruptly. That's actually a snip. I guess it's a long snippet. I guess it's more of a of a, of a trailer, preview, whatever you want to call it. I'm at a loss for words so what to call it. But that's actually taking an excerpt. There you go. An excerpt. But uh, that's actually taken out of the film frequency, which is a podcast with me and JB where we discuss movies and tv it's actually uh it launched last year around this time uh jb had some lifestyle come up so we had to take a break from it i had recently tweeted out that i missed talking about film and i swear like clockwork jb popped back up saying that he was ready to get the ball rolling again so if you want to catch that full review go over to wherever you listen you're listening to this podcast search the film frequency and you'll be able to find um, that podcast where we break that all the way down. It's a fairly quick review. It's just us getting back in the swing of things. We actually, uh, going forward, we'll be discussing movie and uh, TV news. And we're really going to break down things. It's going to be a fun one. That's the podcast that, I, that I'm going to do for fun. Literally, it's, it's no scripts. It's no um really draw out big outlines or anything it's just me and my good friend jb who i've been friends with literally i think it's been like six years at this point um just talking about things movies that we love and so it, it that one is always going to be easy to do uh for me because i just love talking about films so easily and they come so naturally um but that that's enough we're gonna go ahead we're gonna take a break you know, one more segment to get into we're actually gonna hear um from the team podcast and the other side of that i'll be ending the podcast out Hey guys, it's your girl Beck Easy. Hi everybody, it's your girl Joanne. Hey guys, it's Trell and this is The, the team. team. And we want to welcome you into our group chat where we talk any and everything from ABCs of sex to finding your passion. Catch us every other Tuesday on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and YouTube. Because we lit. Take that, take that. <laughs> All right, so I know I said this was going to be a quick podcast. We're actually 
not too much shorter than our normal episodes go, but you know, it is what it is. Um, what I wanted to end this podcast on is, and it's funny because I just announced me doing another podcast. Um, but it was one that was kind of already worked into my schedule. We just have had been on an extended break. Um, but with everything that's going on, like with me and doing more of, of my side businesses and stuff like that. And, um, I wanted to, and I think I feel like I talk about this like once a year, like once every six months. Is the important of kind of of, of kind of slowing down, um, and taking self care moments. And you know, hype Williams is always on me about this uh, because I don't. I I go all the time, and I'm always constantly in the state of doing some type of work, or I'm tweaking something, or I'm thinking of new ideas and concepts, or and it's. I think that like being uh, the the Berks Media winning the award at the Pod Excellence Awards, um, kind of uh, my, my go to instinct was okay, we won. I have to work even harder now, and I, I've said this before. I have an issue with slowing down and kind of celebrating accomplishments, or even just taking time for myself. So something that I wanna I wanna talk about is how important that is. And so in us winning that award, I immediately went into like. Oh, now I have to capitalize off it by doing more events or I have to do this or I have to make sure I do that. And I'm actually just going to take a month and I'm just going to celebrate the fact uh, that the Berks Media was recognized for what it was recognized for. Everyone on this brand works hard as fuck and I'm so proud of them. Um, with the addition of Cole, uh, with the addition of Beck being in more leadership roles at this company now, it's going to... A, spread out some of that work so I don't have to work as hard necessarily. It's not all on me. BJ is there too. But on top of that, it keeps it's going to keep people in my ear who I know I can trust and I don't have to be so anal retentive all the time. So I think that it just put me in a place of because I noticed I almost went right back to my default of working even harder after I get acknowledged for something. It's like, nah, take a step back. And so with that being said, because the Bricks Media is so important to me, there are probably honestly going to be more times where you get quicker episodes with the Awakened Soul. There's going to be more times where I I, I think I, I took maybe one week off since I've started this podcast, like a full week off of just not releasing anything. You may get more of that because I have to I've what I've come to realize is that what I'm trying to build here. And that doesn't mean that the Awakened Soul goes by the wayside at all. I don't want you to think that the goal is to never miss an episode. But with that being said, with traveling and business things and and taking care not really taking care but putting also more of a importance on other people's brands like the other people who are on the breaks media i need to serve them better as well and i need to put them in better positions and i need to put more time into some of them individually like dark sugar is one of the best podcasts around for anybody who wants to know about mental health and the struggles of the black woman and i feel me personally just saying me have done a shitty ass job at promoting them because I'm I'm busy doing or going to shows and doing this and having to promote my next event or the next uh, roundtable that I'm working on here or the creators brew that we put on in Columbus or cloud. Like I'm just always going with something that I have like a lot of the, most of the pods on the brands are a machine within themselves. So they keep going. But also part of the breaks media is to pit people and resources is to do work and take things off people's hands so that they can focus on creating. And so I've noticed that I haven't allowed or, or allowed a lot of them to do that because I've been so wrapped up in everything going on. So there is, is, is it's it's going to be more of an importance on the, the, the finer details of things um, with the breaks media. And it is really important to 
take time out for yourself as well and celebrate. So with that being said, <laughs> like how I preface this, um, with that being said, the week of Halloween, which is a couple of weeks, there will be no Awakened Soul episode. Um, a, because Halloween is a big time around the Johnson family. Um, and I want to really not only go trick-or-treating with my kids, I want to do decorations. I want to watch scary movies. I really just want to take some more time out for them, honestly. And so that week, there will be no episode. I'm going ahead and letting you guys know with plenty of time. So you guys aren't sending me texts and things like, hey, you are good. Where's the episode? Like, it's it's all good. I love you guys. I love doing this. I, I've i never gotten burnt out in doing this. So this isn't uh, me saying I've gotten burnt out because I, I have I have honestly never felt burnt out from doing this podcast or the or love less than bad so or the breaks radio or the film frequency or guess like i love doing this creative shit but at the same time i'm also running a business it's not just me being able to create all the time um and so even outside of that like sometimes i just need to slow down like honestly sometimes i just need to stop and sit on my ass just being period point blank honest with you guys and i want all you guys to realize that too it's sometimes sometimes it's okay to just chill and i've been terrible at that for my 32 years on this planet um and it's called like my health issues my knee my back's jacked up like because i'm always on the go so yeah we gotta we gotta self-care is very important so i'm I, i i preach it and i talk about it all the time but i need to also be living that um so i want you guys to live it too don't let life pass you by. Spend time with your families. Hug your loved ones close and tight and kiss them and everything. Like, that. that's just the stuff that's been on my mind. But that's it. That's this week's episode of The Awakened Soul. Again, you guys can listen. I'm sorry. You guys can follow me at CEO Hayes, at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow the podcast at The Awakened Soul Podcast. Go to TheBreaksMedia.com. Uh, we're doing some updates to the website. Shout out to Justice there. It's it's a great time. It's a great time of my life. And I love you guys. And I want to thank you guys for lifting me up. I want to thank you guys for pushing me to be better um, and just everything. I really and truly love my audience. I have the best audience in all of podcasting, and I mean that. But we are signing off for this week. I will see you lovely and beautiful people next week. Peace. Niggas fighting over rings. Niggas won't be the king, but long little cheek. For a little old thing, little boys bang, bang. Long little cheek, niggas fighting over rain, niggas won't be the game, but long little cheek, yeah, watch pretty mama while I slay my cane, long little cheek, uh, cockroaches in the ratchet, uh, hand-me-downs with the patches, mama put a little money in the mattress, taught me how to make a silver spoon out of plastic, you can either sink, swim, or be the captain. The last word, I'ma get the last laughing. Now they say you're dinner, why you're dressing so classy? I don't want my best dress day in the casket. You can either leave, follow, or get out the way. Make a fucking move, it will make my fucking day. Got a hundred year plan, you just think about the day. Always been about time, more than been about pay. Y'all up with me, Usain could've run with me. Chief come to find you, you don't come for me. At best, you could run a little company. Nigga, at worst, I could run the whole country. That's right, pimp game like a brothel. That's why I don't judge a nigga's hustle. I Airbnb the crib like a hostel. Summer rate cheaper, cause the streets get hostile. Shot the boy, this is fire from a hobby boy. So, no, I won't record for your